Welcome to another episode of Uncommy Goods. Now, what is an uncommy good? It's anything not made in communist China or any other communist country that is hostile to the U.S. and human rights. I believe in supporting American-made products as much as possible, and we'll highlight one in each episode. Now, this episode is not sponsored by any product or service I mentioned. If you want to write me, you can reach me at uncommygoods at gmail.com, just like the show title at gmail.com. Uh, do you want to have a question or a show suggestion that I'll put on a future episode? There's a link to leave a voice message in the show notes. All the articles and websites I mentioned in this episode will be linked in the show notes as well. I have a huge favor to ask you. This movement is only growing. Please help get the message out by sharing this episode with your friends. Subscribe. Give it a five-star rating and review in iTunes. Or whatever platform you're using, subscribe so you can get the episode downloaded to your smartphone with ease. Thank you. Now stay tuned for this episode of Uncommy Goods. Welcome to Uncommy Goods and the first in a series of Uncommy Manifestos, a path to personal freedom. Yes, I'm taking a break from discussing the problems of China, the U.S., and give the listener something different, something you can focus on if you haven't already. Uh, as I started this podcast, I wondered who would listen to this show, who would be like the target audience, and I put together a few commonalities. One, someone or families that have enough income to have the luxury to look for American-made goods. Not that they're more expensive, it's just that they have the more free time to seek things out and the luxury of time to find American-made goods and possibly pay a little premium for that. Two, they're patriotic. They want to support our own country's products, jobs, and growth. Keep it in the family in the U.S. They're small business owners. That's number three. They're the ones with skin in the game. You know, they make their goods in the U.S. They hire people in the U.S., and the money circulates within their local economy. There's some stats that say like $1 spent locally circulates a certain number of times more than something purchased overseas. Commonality number four, people that shop at small businesses or that want to, you know, think about that small business Saturday. It's the day after Black Friday, you know, the Thanksgiving. Well, they want to make every day of the week small business day. Uh, number five, you know, buy it for life types. There's even a subreddit called buy it for life. Uh, these are the people that want to spend time looking for quality products that last forever. You know, they don't expect to replace them frequently. They don't want to buy cheap slapdash stuff made in China that will fall apart in short time. Finally, six, environmentally conscious. You know, you care enough to buy local rather than having it made across the world, shipped in a container, and also made under who knows what conditions, environment, labor, and such. So those are the six commonalities I came up with, people that would listen to this show that are obviously against commie goods. So what else, how else can we uncommy our lives other than buying things that are made in America? So let's dig into the word uncommy. Of course, I came up with uh, uncommy goods as a play on uncommon and commie, right? And commie meaning communist. Uh, it was a popular expression in the 80s, you know, when it was a battle of the superpowers between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. You know, it was us versus the commies. And that's right. I am very anti-communist. Everywhere it has been tried has been a disaster. Hundreds of millions of people have been murdered in its name. 
And you wonder why I detest communism so much, right? One of the problems is it's based on the common ownership of nearly everything, meaning everything and everyone is equal. And it sounds great, except it never works and it can't. Communism breeds dependence, it robs motivation, and assures mediocrity in every facet of life, unless you're one of the elites that controls everyone else, then you have the goods. So no one owns anything in a communist you know, system, therefore no one is responsible for anything. You know, There's no profit motive, there's no competition, therefore no one has any incentive to make and deliver that high-quality bread to the store. Then to get everyone on board, the commie leadership has to govern by the gun with the threat of violence or imprisonment. No, I am not about that, hence I'm very anti-communist. So the Uncommy Manifesto, number one, this is going to be a series, is about independence, hard work, and achieving your goals. You know, you want to bring as much independence into your life as possible. You know, you may be subject to laws, rules, etc., that you may feel are unfair, and they are out of your control. But if you apply this manifesto, you can now focus on what you can do despite the system. And no, I'm not one of those burn-it-all-down types. Now, this country allows us to be as successful as possible. Also, you're free to make as many mistakes and make a complete wreck of your life, and no one is obligated to help you. Guess what? Despite that, many successful people dig into their own pockets to help out the less fortunate. And what made that possible? It certainly isn't communism, right? They're, they're in communist societies. They dole out you know, what you deserve, not what you need or want or seek out. Um, so economies and socialism doesn't help out. It's people that are successful in free market and capitalistic societies that become successful and want to share that and help out others. So it's time for Uncommon Manifesto Part 1 Towards a Path of Independence, and that is Freedom from Debt. D-E-B-T, that's right, debt, owing money to others. Here's the thing. Every dollar of debt you accrue is more than a dollar you have to pay off later. That's right. Unless it's your rich uncle who spotted some cash and let you pay back the exact same amount, nearly all debt is paid back with interest. A dollar you borrow today will not only have less purchasing power in the future when paid back due to inflation, you always have to pay back more of it due to interest. So that $30,000 you borrow to buy a car at 4.24% interest turns into $33,345.05 over five years. That means you have to pay an extra $3,345 over time. So payments, that's going to be $555 you owe per month, no matter what. It's like that scene in Goodfellas without the profanity. Lost your job? F you. Pay me. Had some unexpected expenses? F you. Pay me. Debt is like the Terminator. It has no feelings, no remorse, and absolutely will not stop until you are debt-free. Now, maybe you think 555 bucks for this car payment uh, a month is manageable, but then imagine if you put 555 bucks a month into an index fund and you know based on some industry averages 555 bucks a month for 60 months you know that term for the car payment at 7% interest you know not including taxes etc it turns 
into $6,800 of interest gained or profits, etc. So debt is very calming because it costs you your freedom. So debt is like a weight on your back and it slowly crushes your spirit and freedom. Say you hate your high paying job and you, know, you want to work something more fulfilling that possibly pays less. Well, shoot, that expensive car you financed, that smart refrigerator and the credit card bills are still there, high paying job or not. Two, anxiety. When you live in a common commie country, there is constant anxiety. You know, are you going to get locked up for saying the wrong thing? Is there going to be food at the store? You know, is there going to be a long line at the food store? When do I have to get there? Same thing with debt. How long until I pay off this debt? It's a financial gulag. So why do people get into debt? You know, take mortgage debt out of the equation. I'm talking about consumer debt. Um, and consumer debt is basically buying consumables. You're buying, you know, a car, a refrigerator, furniture, etc. It's things that don't grow in value. So taking on a lot of consumer debt, it shows a lack of self-mastery and self-control. And you're allowing another group or company or entity to grip onto a small bit of your freedom. And each debt you add is another bit of freedom taken from your hands piece by piece. And you're giving it away willingly. So debt makes your life more fragile than it needs to be. You know, you keep working, you keep collecting that paycheck, you pay the monthly bills, you know, it seems manageable, right? And you're like, okay, I, I can do it. But just when you start getting your debts down, you know, people have this, it, human psychology is weird. And I see it with a lot of my friends, you know, it's like, hey, I just paid off the Range Rover. Ah, I kind of feel like I want to buy another car, you know, uh, you know, we need to get this new expensive appliance. It's okay. You know, that New high-end $3,000 refrigerator at no interest for 24 months. I mean, yeah, I can do it. You know, honey, it's only 125 bucks a month for 24 months. Okay, zero interest loans. They sound great. Then you say you fail, you make, you fail to make the payment in full by the due date. Guess what? They backdate all the interest you would have paid on a normal loan um, on you. So, and then if you're like most people, you you spend more and you spend impulsively due to zero interest. You know, maybe you would have gone with a $900 fridge and not the $3,000 one if you had to pay it all up front. Now, these loans are very commie, just like, you know, wrong speak in a communist country because the punishment, uh, say you're, you know, paying all that backdated interest is much worse than the crime. You know, you, you missed one payment, you're a day late. Um, out of 24 payments and you just get hammered, you know, and it's all there in writing, you know, you punished yourself. And yes, I've done those zero interest loans and I did pay everything off, but you know what? I, I bought a house and I could have just said, Hey, can I keep this fridge and the washer and dryer? But instead I, I spent a lot more money than I should have. And, you know, 10 years later, it could have been a lot more. So, if you're seeking short-term immediate gratification of material goods without the means to buy, buy them outright, you'll be at the mercy of your creditors, right? Sure, you know, you'll all have bills to pay, but imagine being able to save and invest any extra money you have, right? So now how bad of a problem is consumer debt? And as I mentioned, it's debt that is used to fund consumption rather than investment. So buying a house or a mortgage, um, I'm not really referring to that uh, in this episode. So think cars, mattresses, and appliances, right? Those are consumed 
and they decrease in value. You can't buy a mattress in eight years later. Sell it for more. Only thing you can really do that with is a house. Um, so the average American household carries $6,194 in credit card debt at an average interest rate of 20%. Now, if you have credit cards or use them and you pay off the bill every month, I do that. Uh, it takes a lot of discipline um, or just fear and hatred of paying any sort of interest. So that $6,194 uh, average credit card debt, you know, that's an average. There's people out there with tens of thousands of dollars in credit card debt, even six figures. I've seen people with $60,000, $80,000 in credit card debt. Now, you may think, okay, you're, you're so smug about debt and I'm judging everybody that runs up some bills. No, I understand how easy it is to get caught up in debt. You know, a few years ago, after being laid off, I managed to rack up $33,000 in credit card debt. And, you know, I just, then I got a really good high paying job or a pretty good one. I buckled down and paid that off in 13 months. Never again. Now, remember, in communist countries, they don't let you leave. But debt is commie. Your creditors want to keep you in prison with small payments and they make it easy for you. Yet you can escape to debt freedom any time. So I was living in a fantasy land and I kind of didn't pretend the debt existed and I just kind of ignored it. And it's just like the fantasy that communism works and isn't a death sentence. So debt gives you that false sense of ownership, just like communism is a false promise, promise to a utopia of equality and fairness and abundance. It just doesn't work. So join the first step of the Uncommon Manifesto and get debt free. Pay those bills off and add to your freedom. And now for the uncommon good of this episode, as always, it will be an American made good or service. And let's face it, it's usually a good, something made tangible. You can hold it in your hand. And this one I kind of came across by accident. I had used one of my girlfriend's baking sheets to make dinner. And of course, I didn't really pay attention to the care instructions, meaning I didn't even bother to read them or look at them up or anything. I just stuck this sheet pan on the dishwasher. Turns out it's supposed to be hand washed. And I pulled out of the dishwasher and it, it was a little bit discolored and tarnished. It was still fine and it works great, but it just looked really weird. So I want to be that be clear that it still works great. So I bought a replacement and that's how I learned that Nordicware, which was the dish I put in the dishwasher or the baking sheet, is an uncommon good. Yes. They're a, you know, you've heard about them. They're the maker of all sorts of bakeware, cookware, kitchenware, microwave stuff, outdoor cooking equipment. And they've been making it in Minnesota since 1946. And a lovely young couple started it with 500 bucks after the war. And it's been an American success story. It's the kind I love. They even had some lean years, right? So the only gripe I have is the Viking logo is historically inaccurate with like the horns in the helmets. You know, it's kind of a Hollywood add-on to the Viking lore. You know, Vikings never had horns on the helmets. It's not effective for, you know, fighting. It's just a myth. You know, they probably drank uh, ale and mead from horns. But so don't completely eliminate their horns if Nordicware does the logo or redoes it. Okay, back to Nordicware. Right. So when I researched their pedigree, I was astounded to learn they trademarked the name Bunt Cake Pan. And you know the Bunt Cake. They're like those circular cakes that are hollow in the center 
or as the U.S. Patent Office describes as fluted and scalloped ring-shaped tube pan. Wow, that sounds like nerd speak to me. So how exciting is it to learn that Nordic wear is an uncommon good as it's holiday season. It's the end of October. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's Eve are coming up. So please prep, cook, and serve up all these tasty foods on uncommon cookware and make sure you wash them right. It will taste that much better knowing that you're eating something prepared from an uncommon good. It just tastes like freedom. Again, thanks for listening. You know, I love American-made products, and I also love your five-star ratings and written reviews on iTunes, or I think it's called the Apple Podcast app. I think iTunes died. I can't keep up. So help spread the word. Tell your friends. Also, you can reach me at uncommygoods at gmail.com. There's a voicemail link. You can shoot me a voicemail or click and just tell me what your thoughts are. Did you buy a Nordicware? Are you going to trash some of that commie cookware you have? Uh, and it's, it's true. It's actually, there's very little um, American-made cookware these days. And Nordicware is one of the few that makes most of their stuff in the U.S. So again, once again, thank you for listening to Uncommie Goods. This has been the Uncommie Manifesto number one. Hope you're all doing great and have a wonderful day.